Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Hash Brown Girls podcast, where five extremely curious girls hash out all of life's unanswered questions to give you the lowdown fresh off the grill. I'm Huria. I'm Sara. I'm Hania. I'm Afreen. And I'm Como. But collectively, we're known as the Hash Brown Girls. Quick disclaimer, all facts mentioned in this podcast are based on readily available research and our opinions are based on that research. Welcome to the second episode of the Hash Brown Girls podcast. As we mentioned in our last episode, every episode we like to do a little check-in and see how everyone's doing, how we're feeling, if we've been eating good. So how's everyone doing? I'm good. good. I've been great. I'm like so excited. We had our first episode come out. I really hope people listen to it and looking forward to what's to come. What about you ladies? Yeah, I was really excited for our first episode. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. That's for sure. (laughs) It was an awesome experience. And I hope everybody learned a lot because I learned a lot from that episode, like just about our election system. Yeah, but other than that, I'm just currently drinking green tea and putting the steam from the green tea on my eye because I have a sty. Oh. I did not mean to be poetic. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say that rhymed. I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I've been like basically burning the crap out of my eye. So sometimes that's what you got to do. Also, I got a bit reprimanded because I tried working out after months of not working out. And I think I pulled a muscle near my throat. Which is like, how the hell do you how do does that? that even, yeah, how does that even happen? So, yeah, I know. But it's not a sore throat, or it could be. Who knows? My throat hurts. Well, My abs hurt, too, in a good way. So, <laughs> ab muscles, here we go. Hey, six-pack, six-pack. What you gonna do? <laughs> That's it's ultimate goals. To have I, really, I go into hibernation during this time. Like, I can't imagine... <laughs> This is me trying to get rid of all the cookies and the cake I ate because of my birthday. Oh, yeah. It was Afrin's birthday, y'all. She literally turned 21. (laughs) We're looking forward. Let's go. Uh, Hania, how you doing? (laughs) How you doing? Um, I'm good, guys. Just a lot going on. What's going on? Why do you sound so down? Yeah. I know. Think things are things are good, guys. I'm just we're busy with um packing actually because we're moving. Yay! Yay! Oh my god! Where are you moving? Where are you moving? I can't disclose that information. Um, I'm moving somewhere. I've wanted to move ever since I moved to where I am now. Is it possibly five minutes away from your favorite sister? I think so. We did time it, so it's quite close. You guys have no idea. I'm always going to be over at her house. No, I think I have an idea. But now that you're saying that, I feel like it might be more than I'm expecting. Well, good thing you guys are best friends. That's true. Imagine if we didn't like each other. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thank God you do. Imagine if our husbands didn't like each other. Exactly. Oh, my God. But thank you for being best friends. Yeah, for anyone that didn't listen to our last episode, we are sisters. If anyone doesn't listen to our last episode... Go listen to it. Yeah, listen. Yeah. To it. You can't just yeah. jump into this one and not know who we are. How do you guys celebrate uh, Christmas? So I have a tree in my house, and I like to do like my presents and stuff. And no, you um, don't. No, girl, really what? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but what I'm trying to say is, during the holidays, me and my sister, we actually spend time with our family. We have this tradition where we go to the movie theater every year, and unfortunately, with COVID, it might be just a little bit different. Hania actually found a 
a cool thing to do. Oh, what's that? <laughs> we, I'm so curious. We, so we actually rented out the theater for the not the day oh. the, for showing. That's awesome. I've been wanting to do that. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I highly recommend it already just because it's super cool. You can have up to 20 people and you're all spread out, obviously, because you have a whole theater. So I'm excited. And you can still wear your masks yeah, unless you're like exactly. eating something. So it's not like, yeah. I wonder if we can still stick in food, though. What are you doing, ladies? Yeah, what do you guys typically do? We're probably just going to spend time with family or stay at home. We usually do go to the movies, too, just because that's the only place that's open. But I don't know if, like, anyone else is up for that. I have a one-year-old, so I don't know how. She's never been to a movie theater, so I don't know how that's going to go if we ever decide to do what you guys are doing. What are you doing, Sarah? Yeah, we watch holiday movies. That's about it. Elf. I love Elf. (gasps) <gasps> that's the movie we're gonna watch with our family i love you know, elf. i've never watched elf before that's one of that's definitely like top tier holiday movie what are you doing offering usually we cook together and just eat around a table like a family should do every day you guys make anything special i don't know yet we did something really nice for thanksgiving i think we'll just have a nice fireplace and puzzle making thing or play carom what are your guys' thoughts on Christmas trees if you're not traditionally Christian? Me and my sister disagree on this, so. Yeah, me and Hani, it's funny because even though we're like, quote unquote, best sister friends or whatever, we definitely best have a lot friends. of different sister friends. <laughs> <laughs> we have like different opinions on things. And what do you mean? No, <laughs> that's true. No, but it's like. Yeah, it's like up- you guys have to like be together on one page. You guys are you guys so are- annoying. What I meant was, even though we have the same upbringing, we definitely have different views on a lot of things, which is kind of cool because, mm-hmm. you know, you have different perspectives on stuff. But I think my input as far as Christmas trees go is, you know, if it's not really harming anyone, I personally don't really care. I think there's a limit to everything that we do. And I understand when you open one door, you're opening a lot of others. But I think I personally still think there's nothing wrong with it as long as it's innocent. I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with it. I enjoy Christmas more than most brown people, maybe, I would say, just because it's just it's just amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. I love looking at trees and all of that great stuff. But like you said, it's just, you know, where do you where do you draw that line? Because we are not Christian. And you're not even opening right. presents at this point. So what, why would you just have a tree not even to have It just mentally feels good. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like with a tree, it's just taking it one step too far. Like, for example, with Halloween, if we start to go to actual, like, satanic parties, that would be taking Okay, but don't we trick a tree? people trick-or-treat yeah that's what i'm saying like trick-or-treating like that's cool and all like if you want to exchange presents on christmas it's cool i mean to each their own that's you know if you want to have a tree it's it's cute they're they're cute i like them but i personally i love seeing other people do it yeah i like seeing people's trees but i just personally wouldn't do it exactly you know i feel like especially after you know kind of what our podcast today is about I think I kind of changed my mind on the certain things. At first, I was like, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. But now I feel like it's a little different, which we will discuss. So do you want to get into today? What are we discussing? What are you talking about? I want to know. What's the topic? Is Christmas actually the most wonderful time of the year? Ooh, let's hash it out. So what does everybody think? Do you think that this is the most wonderful time of year? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's no, the it's best not. time of yes the year. Yes and no. It's the most wonderful. So whoever said yes, why? It's the aura. It's the essence of this time. I don't know what it is, to be honest. It's just everything, like, just is beautiful. Like, you know when you wake up and it has, like, the snow is sitting on the trees and, like, even, like, the McDonald's across the street right now has lights on it. Like, it's just everyone just gets so happy this time of year. And, even like, the McDonald's. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, the new McDonald's is missing lights, but they have lights around their building. Like, uh, it's so funny. And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's such a great time. You know, everything's holiday themed and things, you know, holiday themed. I do like holiday flavors. Do you like? That's true. Me too. Like the Starbucks peppermint yeah. mocha. Yeah. The I Irish gold is amazing. The candy cane Hershey kisses, just everything. It's just everything. I think within limits because I feel like when you start stressing yourself over the small little things, of course, it's not going to be the most wonderful. But I think it's it is the most wonderful time because what do we do throughout the whole year? We look forward to the holidays. We get excited to see our families and just you know have good old jolly times. Time off from work. Yeah. You guys make excellent points, but I think to really get into the question, we need to discuss the origin of the holiday, how it transformed into what it is today, and the impacts with the way we celebrate. So, does anybody know what the main celebratory holiday in the earlier years of Christianity was before Christmas? Santa's birthday. (laughs) That's a good guess. That's an excellent guess. Santa's. <laughs> Santa's like, menas, no, boss. Well, that was an excellent guess, but no, it was actually Easter. <laughs> so it wasn't until the fourth century that the church decided to declare that the birth of Jesus as a religious holiday. But there was a problem that the Bible didn't mention when Jesus was actually born. So... I think the question also stands as in, like, how did Christmas, which is the celebration of Jesus's birth, come to be? And to answer that, we have to go back almost 5,000 years. In the years before Christianity, cultures all over the world used to hold festivals for the winter solstice. This was the mark of the shortest day and the longest night of the year. And many winter solstice festivals are focused on the concept of birth, rebirth, light, and fire. So an example of uh, cultures that celebrated the winter solstice was in Iran. The pre-Islamic religion of Zoroastrianism celebrated Yalda. And Yalda literally means birth. And they celebrated it during the longest and darkest night of the year, which we know is around this time. And it was a celebration of the birth of Mithra, which is the goddess of light. And it's basically celebrated because of the victory of light over darkness. And during this time, family and friends would gather together and eat, drink, and read poetry. Foods such as nuts, pomegranates, and watermelons were eaten, and the color red was very significant and symbolized dawn and a glow of light. Is that why is that why Santa's red? Because of that red? You'll see like the other examples I'll give. Red and green, I I never saw that it was stated as such, but I think they still came like passed down from different kind of like festival celebrations from different cultures that's so cool um yeah 
So in ancient Rome, they celebrated Saturnalia. This is celebrated at the end of the harvest and it derived from the Roman god of Saturn. And during this time, food and drink was plentiful, so people celebrated. According to sources, Roman social order was turned upside down. Slaves would become masters, peasants were in command of the city, schools and businesses were closed so everyone could enjoy and celebrate. I think the most mm. interesting fact from this time was that the Roman upper class also celebrated the birth of Mithra, just like in the religion of Zoroastrianism, also celebrated on December 25th, which is considered to be the holiest time of the year. Now, the next part is where it gets even more interesting. This is where I found more similarities between Christmas and the winter solstice festivals. So pre-Christian Scandinavians celebrated the Feast of the Jule, or Yule, which is the rebirth of the sun. Again, this festival fell on the shortest day and the longest night of the year. Sources state, and I quote an article from history.com, In recognition of the return of the sun, fathers and sons would ring home large logs called Yule logs, which they would set on fire. The people would feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. Another interesting similarity between the two celebrations is the presence of evergreen trees, pine wreaths, yule log, and mistletoes. They all derive from pre-Christian Europeans and have been used to celebrate the winter solstice festivals. According to abc.net, pagans in Europe use branches of evergreen fir trees to decorate their homes and brighten their spirits. Even early Romans used evergreen to decorate their temples during Saturnalia, and ancient Egyptians used green palm rushes as part to worship the god Ra, the god of the sun. The purpose of winter plants such as these in homes were to bring in life during the dark times of winter and to bring in good fortune. I noticed that with all of these winter festivals from back in the day, the one common theme was that they were celebrating a renewal or a the birth of life and like light coming from darkness. This might sound kind of silly, but it kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones, you know, when everybody's preparing for winter, you know, winter is coming. So all these people are just gathering supplies. They're gathering food um, just to survive the harsh winter. And the way they do it is by getting together and trying to make light of a very dark time. Right. It's just funny that, you know, then Christians kind of adopted this. Exactly. By the first century AD, Christianity started to grow and spread. Many Europeans refused to give up that part of their traditions and festivals. So they still wanted to kind of go out. They wanted to party. They didn't want to stop because, you know, something new is coming up. So it's believed that with Christianity rising, many traditions of the Yule and Saturnalia were adapted to make Christianity more familiar to converts. Church leaders believe that if Christmas was more widely celebrated, their religion would spread even further. So they basically said, you know, instead of celebrating Yule or Saturnalia, this day is dedicated to the birth of Jesus, but you guys can still celebrate it how you were celebrating before. By the Middle Ages, Christmas is celebrated by people going to church, but then right after, going out, drinking, and partying. It wasn't what we think traditional Christmas is. Instead, it was described as a carnival-like atmosphere, similar to today's Mardi Gras. Every year, a beggar would be crowned 
the Lord of Misrule, and was to manage Christmas entertainment, which would usually lead to chaos. The poor would go to houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. If the owners failed to comply, their visitors would most likely terrorize them with mischief. This gives me the purge vibes. I know, for real. It's kind of creepy, man. It wasn't everybody being inside their house, you know, with family and hot cocoa and eggnog and, you know, presents. They were still doing the traditions of Saturnalia, where it was a complete turnaround of social order. So this was still people going out, getting drunk, partying, doing whatever they want, trashing the city, um, causing chaos. There was no sense of like what how we know of Christmas today. So is there any religious significance of Christmas? Right. I mean, like Jesus wasn't even born that day, right? That's true. I don't think that he wasn't even born around that time. So it was actually the time for the harvest. I know that in the Bible, I think Luke, some uh, someplace in, in um, that section. We're not Christians. Not that well versed. Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so at this time, this is in the Bible when Jesus was born, when the shepherds were watching over their flock. That doesn't happen around the wintertime like what it is right now. So yeah, for sure. This is definitely not when Jesus was born. And then also I think it was mentioned that Mary and Joseph were traveling to this Roman census and that did not occur around the wintertime to summertime. It goes too cold. So that for sure is a no. It's not really even related to Jesus the way we think it is. I really feel like it's just a pagan holiday that was adapted to Christianity to make Christianity more hip. Yeah, I mean, you know, some Christians don't even celebrate Christmas like we think they do. There's a few Christians, I think the Quakers and the Jehovah's Witnesses. So I could list more, but for sure, like it's more pagan than Christian for some. Are there any religious aspects left to Christmas? You know, I think there are for sure because... It's becoming less over time as secularizing as the time progresses and it opens up to people of other faith or those who are faithless. But there's definitely some Christians who come out just like, and I hate to say it, right? We have Ramadan Muslims. We have Christians who are called C&D Christians. So Christmas and Easter Christians, you only see them going to church around that time. Wow. Um, and there's a few Christians. They're just like us. It's a spectrum. Anyways, and there's a lot of holidays still important to some Christians and also Catholics in particular. Just to name a couple, there's something for Christians, St. Nicholas Day, uh, Watch Night, and there are some in the Hispanic world, the Posadas. The what? Latinas. Sorry. <laughs> I know. That was on December 16th. For anyone that doesn't I know, think- we're very immature at times. Actually, Sarah <laughs> is. But I think it's Posadas. Posadas. Just to explain that to those who aren't aware of it this is when the hispanic christian community celebrate or the efforts mary and joseph took to get to bethlehem and then that's when jesus was born so yeah and the catholics also have a few dates are really important to them but i want to know when christmas was canceled i don't because there's so many religious parts to it when did it shift when did it get canceled excellent question wait hold up hold up hold up wait i'm confused wait christmas was canceled how do you cancel yeah. Christmas? It's a federal holiday. I know. I understand cancel culture, but what is Christmas? You can't cancel my Christmas. <laughs> Even though you don't technically celebrate Christmas. Right? Shush. <laughs> so during the early 17th century, England was going under a religious reform. And I don't want to get too deep into that because, 
you guys can just Google Puritan history yourself. But during that time, Puritans had migrated from England to America to practice their religion freely. They also believed that ceremonies and practices which were not mentioned in the Bible should be eliminated, aka the birth of Jesus. It's been stated that from 1659 to 1681, celebrating Christmas was outlawed in Boston, and if anyone did celebrate, they would be fined five shillings. And five shillings wow. around now What's would be shilling? like, it was like the currency back then. And five <laughs> shillings around now. I was asking for the currency exchange rate, but I'm telling you, it's it would be like about twenty dollars. Oh, well, you know, it's interesting that you mention the Puritans and how they wanted to cancel Christmas because Oliver Cromwell, who was the leader of the Puritan movement, his parliament actually sat on Christmas Day to make sure that nobody was celebrating Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, the Puritan townspeople would scream, no Christmas, no Christmas, to make sure that literally no one celebrated. So I just think that is really doing the most. They wanted Christmas to even be a day of penance where you just repented for your sins. And that's so interesting because this is only in like New England settlements. By contrast, in the Jamestown settlement, Captain John Smith reported that Christmas was enjoyed by all and passed without any incidences. Yeah, funnily enough, even 200 years ago, so the early 1800s, Christmas was not a huge deal. I know you guys have heard of the poem, "'Twas the night before Christmas, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." I know you guys have heard that, right? I feel like you no. missed a, a rhyme there. What? <laughs> yeah. <Did I> miss <laughs> totally the missed. night before Christmas, not a creature was stirring. Not oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. You missed something there. Now I know. There's I know. The, you're supposed to rhyme it with house. The word house is somewhere in there. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a Oh, yeah, yeah that's what it was. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't remember the poem, but yeah, I'm that's sorry. what you guys know what I'm saying. So that was actually by a man named Clement Clark Moore, who was trying to evoke a quiet Christmas because back then Christmas was not a big deal and people would be parading outside. There would be mobs and just overall chaos. No one really even noticed Christmas. And he was trying to evoke a stay at home type of Christmas where you spent it with your family and it brings us to the question, how did Christmas go from a day of havoc and chaos to a day that you spend with your family and, you know, appreciate each other at home so that not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse? They just wanted a lockdown to happen like it wasn't happening right now, just saying. Yeah. yeah. As we enter the holiday season in full swing, we wonder when did this commercialization even begin? Like, do you guys think there was ever a time that Christmas was not commercialized? Not that I can remember. I actually just yeah. talked to my husband about this, and Christmas is a completely commercialized thing. Like, since we were kids, mm -hmm. we watched Home Alone. We watched all these movies. I think, like, even when we go to the mall and stuff, like, you have to go and, like, buy the picture with Santa. So how yeah. is it not commercialized, you know? And not even that, like... I think of, you know, when I was a kid and my dad was working at Macy's, like we, like during this time of year, he would always be at work, always, always. And it's like, it's just such a big part of people that work in retail and stuff. They're not really getting to enjoy it as much. It's all right. about- They end up working long hours. Exactly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
So the short answer is that in the U.S., there was never a time that Christmas was not commercialized. And during the early 1800s, as I mentioned, that Christmas, it wasn't really a big deal. That's when we started to see like these subtle forms of commercialization start to creep in. So people would celebrate at that point, maybe with a small church service or maybe some small gathering, but it was just another day in the year. However, as immigration, industrialization, and urbanization became a bigger deal, people became more aware of each other, right? Because back then, like, what do we see? We saw people in like villages who didn't really go outside of that town too much. But now that we see railroads and industrialization become more of a factor and people immigrating in, people saw that there were other people outside of their village that there wasn't really that sense of community anymore. There became a need to develop a unifying culture between all these different peoples, like a community, right? So there was an emphasis placed on spending the holiday at home, which is a stark contrast to the rowdiness that was Christmas not too long ago. And why the home specifically? Because the home provided an orderly, moral, and nurturing refuge from the increased crowding, competition, and contention in the public world. So like even if it was just for a day, you could pretend that things were simpler. And with this idealized home, the American modern day Christmas took shape and pieces of various folk traditions were blended together to provide us a religion of domesticity. So how do you get a holiday like Christmas with all these different cultures melting together? Well, through the media, right? We saw magazines printing heartwarming Christmas stories, DIY Christmas gifts, and proper holiday etiquettes for the public to read drew attention to commercialization. Advertisements for Christmas presents also appeared in the U.S. in the 1820s, and Santa Claus himself was wholeheartedly endorsing products by the 1840s. Are you saying Santa's real? Yes. He was a big advertiser for Christmas in the 1800s. That's cool. Yeah. And so that Clement Clark Moore poem that I mentioned earlier, it was written for his family's entertainment in 1823, but it soon was endlessly reprinted every Christmas season in the newspaper so that everybody could read it. Everybody could know that, okay, not a creature is stirring. Like it's a quiet day that you spend with your family. Wait, sorry, you're telling me there's Santa propaganda? Basically, yeah, they had to create yeah. this culture of being at home with your family. Not partying like it's Mardi Gras. Exactly. They were trying to disassociate Christmas from that whole vibe. So when we started seeing these Christmas-themed magazines flying off the shelves, other businesses followed suit. The most remarkable instance is Godie's Ladies Book's iconic picture of a family around their Christmas tree. Now, at this point, the emphasis was of a family around a fireplace. But when this picture came out, it got so popular that the Christmas tree became a household family tradition by the late 1800s. Because prior to this, it was seen commonly in German households, but afterwards, it became an American tradition. And trees and ornaments naturally turned into a profitable business. This is what one advertisement declared. So many charming little ornaments can now be bought ready to decorate Christmas trees that it seems almost a waste of time to make them at home. So now, of course, when you hear that, like, why are you going to waste time making your ornaments? You're going to go and buy them. Right, exactly. So it's one thing after another, right? They're commercializing. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And by the late 1800s, Christmas cards became a huge national tradition versus writing handwritten letters and giving personal holiday visits. The cards' ready-made sentiments drew together friends and families across a nation that was rapidly expanding, making them a staple every December. The 1870s, gift-giving also became a huge tradition. Now, you must be wondering, why? Well, because obviously as the nation is expanding, it became harder to express your love and show people that you care. And so gifting people things was the easiest way to do it. And in fact, the magazine Harper's gave early voice to this link between gifts and givers, stating in 1856, Love is the moral of Christmas. And what are gifts but the proof and signs of love? <laughs> I see Aubrey dancing while you were talking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So also, I, I feel like we can't not mention this next book, A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It became a national phenomenon. Charles Dickens was named the man who invented Christmas. So no publisher actually wanted to publish his book because, again, in the early 1800s, Christmas was not a big deal. So publishers didn't think it was profitable. And he was really desperate to write another successful book. So he just published it himself because at that point, he hadn't had a successful book in a while. And he just took on the burden of, pu of publishing it himself as a symbol of hope and renewal because he was hoping that not only would it renew the spirit of Christmas, but hopefully renew his reputation too. And he was right because by the turn of the century, the book's readership was second only to the Bible's. But you know what's ironic is even though this book basically changed his life and he became the man who invented Christmas, it's alleged that he stole the manuscript from someone else or didn't steal it, but he took it from someone else and then he revamped it and published it because that's how he was able to write the book in like six or eight weeks because he already had the manuscript. So he just had to edit it. Wow. Charles Dickens, he puts the dick in Dickens. Huh. Wow. <laughs> so as the 1900s approached, leisurely homemakers or housewives started to add more flair to the holidays with decorations and parties. But you would see that in the churches, because prior to this, churches didn't really celebrate Christmas, right? But after this, they started bringing the holiday music. They started having the greenery everywhere. So the churches were like, we need to get hip with this holiday Christmas. And similarly, we saw that Macy's and other department stores and small stores would heavily decorate with Christmas-related decor to attract customers. So I know that you all are probably wondering now, where's Santa, right? Because at this point, he was there, but not really that huge, not, not that big of a deal, right? So in 1920, Coca-Cola created that famous advertisement that we see of a heartwarming Santa and by 1931, the classic Santa Claus image that we all know and love is seen everywhere from ads to magazines and newspapers. But it brings us to the question of why is Santa Claus so synonymous with Christmas? And why is he, why is he so popular as the gift giver? Because parents could use him as an excuse to give excessive gifts versus, you know, obviously as a parent, you don't want to be giving your child something that's probably not good for them like you want to give them educational and useful gifts but now when santa's giving the gifts well who cares give them whatever they want right so like a front. 
Exactly. So that's why they want kids to believe that Santa's real so that they can spoil them. And Santa and his tiny helpers in the toy factory gave a romanticized vision of American capitalism. Like, think about it. He has a fur coat. He's big. He has a big belly. And he resembles the industrialized nation's leaders, right? He looks like all the leaders of the industrialized era. And labor conditions were idealized as well. Now think about it. Let's talk about elves. They are unassimilated, they're isolated from the rest of society, and undifferentiated by individual name or character. Can you name a single elf? No. Because all they were known by was their hard work and cheerful attitude and being unselfish. It feels like capitalism in the making, basically. Right. And so who else is like this? The laborers of sweatshops. What was the ideal worker? Someone who worked long and hard with a happy attitude and just did the same thing over and over again with no complaints. Wow. Sorry, I know I, I feel bad breaking the elf and Santa image. That makes me so sad. Um, do you have any happy stuff? Sorry. It's okay, Sara. You're the you're the elf whistleblower. Yeah, my bad. Okay. No children listen to this, by the way. Well, oh well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, like years from now, Angela, when you have kids and they ask you, "Mom, is Santa real?" You're gonna be like, "Listen to episode two. <laughs> That's true. I am gonna say that. Oh, I hope we can do that. You know, one time I came home from like kindergarten or something, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we learned about Santa," and my dad is like, "Santa's not real," yeah. and I'm like, "What?" Oh my! God. It was so devastating. Dang. He's like, "Yeah, they're not. He's not real. We don't believe in Santa." I was like, "Damn." I didn't do that to you, Hania. Though I made you believe in Santa. Yeah, but you. <laughs> But you, That's so funny. I don't know why I used to try to believe in him, even though I knew he wasn't real. I I don't know. But so I'd leave out like milk and cookies, and then Biji would eat Aww, that. She, she would actually write me a letter. Oh, that's cute. So another concern is that kids started equating Santa with Jesus and God and just forgetting that Christmas is about Jesus. I mean, even myself, I forget that Christmas is supposed to be about Jesus and not Santa. And like there were stories that kids, once they learned that Santa was fake, they just didn't even want to go to their Catholic school because they were like, well, if Santa's fake, then who knows if Jesus is fake? So that is also another concern. Moving on to another fabricated commercialized element of Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Had a really shiny nose. Yeah. He was invented in 1939 so that the department store Montgomery Ward could give away millions of copies of his heartwarming story and attract customers inside. And it worked because they were able to distribute 2 million copies of the story, which was a considerable feat because the next best-selling story at that time had only sold 50,000 copies. So overall, I feel like the commercialization of Christmas has become so ingrained into the holiday that I can't even imagine it without all these commercialized elements. So although there is a bit of messed up history behind the commercialization, there was always meant to be a balance. Like this commercialization is there, but it's supposed to help you and help your families. I guess my other question is, was it only in one part of the world? Was this kind of like a thing that was happening all over the world? 
Christmas has kind of traveled across the world in different ways. So in some Western countries, it's huge, like in the UK, a lot of TV shows have special episodes. There's something called the Christmas Cracker that I think they do in the United States too. Christmas Cracker. <laughs> Christmas Cracker. So if two people pull on the cracker, someone will get the end and will get that free gift. They'll win the game. So it's a game they do in the UK. Japan, I know that they also sort of celebrate Christmas. It's not very much of a religious thing. It's more of a really good advertising scheme that Japanese KFC did. Uh, like you have to reserve your KFC bucket for Christmas days. Why KFC? I love that. Like think about it. Old white guy oh. and red and white. What does that remind you? I don't even think that. It was just like a thing that did really well in Japan. They ran an ad and it did really, really good. In the Philippines, there's a giant lantern festival and it's, I cannot pronounce it. So I'm sorry, Filipino speakers. Lingilagan in the city of San Fernando, they light parasols up to wow. symbolize the Star of Bethlehem. So, so if you like pretty. walk there, it's like parasols everywhere. It's so, I want to go there. Unless... If you have Christmas, but you're in the other hemisphere, it's summertime. So, like, people in New Zealand and Australia didn't get around the Barbie. <laughs> Wait, <like> Barbie? <laughs> they'll have barbecue. Instead of our, like, hot cocoa, they'll have, like... Not Barbie, like the Barbie. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because American customs are being brought into other countries and America is now trying to bring in more commercialized aspects. We have more holidays that incentivize people to spend for Christmas. Like first it was Black Friday, but now we have uh, Cyber Monday and we also have Small Business Saturday. I think that's the newer one. We also adapted the UK Boxing like Day? tradition of Boxing Day. Yeah, now we have like an after Christmas sale. We're going to go on to a break. When we get back from the break, we'll talk about how all this commercialization affects us now and where we see us heading for the future. Hey guys, we're doing something special during our break and guess what it is? What guys? is it? We're going to do a secret scene. Yay! So we overheard like our local Santa. <laughs> so just some ground rules of what we kind of decided on together. We had a twenty dollars spending limit, so it was kind of a challenge to find something unique and special. This is a little different. We're actually going to announce who we are as that person opens their gift, so they don't have to guess. But the the gift giver has to say, hey. Why does this mean something so special for the person getting the gift? I'm so excited. First on our list is going to be Sarah. It feels like something very squarish. So I think, so I think it's an echo. I don't know though. If I if I guess right, I'll, that's gonna be insane. Oh my god! Oh, what is this? Uh, it's a cat. Oh, candle. So it's a candle in the shape of a paw. No, to our listeners, we are doing this over camera so everyone's watching each other. <laughs> oh my god, it has a paw oh my god, in that the bottom. So very cute. It's a paw. Oh, Ooh, it smells really nice. Oh my god, this is this is so cute. Aww. Ooh, sandalwood jazz. Oh, it. it smells good. It was it, me. Oh, I, I was gonna say. Oh, the way Hani was smiling, I felt like it might have been. I felt like a, a, a parent watching their child open the cookie 
Smiling. I was gonna say the way she was smiling. Oh, face mask. You got me a mask. Thank you so much, Hanya. This is so Why'd nice. you get it for her? I got it because Sara loves skincare and cats. So I literally saw that. <laughs> That's Sara. I, I, I was like, I think Sara needs this in her life. Love you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Next, I'm going to choose for you. Me? Is it this? Oh, that's so cute. What's that? Those are so cute. We're going to match. I have like, to my foot. You know, I don't have a single pair of slippers. What color are they? Oh, this oh, is going to be really they're good nude. for you. I love you. Oh my god, they're so soft. Oh, they're so soft. Who gave it? Who gave it? Is there a note? I think I know who. Oh, I, I, I think I have an idea. Can I, I, I guess? It's Miss Bougie. Okay. It's Coco. Cool. 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 It's me. Is it Coco? Cool? Cool. Cool. I knew it. I love it. Why did you get it for her? Because I think she just deserves something nice. She works so hard and she like, you know, sometimes needs time to relax. And like, you know, she can just kind of wear them around the house while she's working from home. And that is so cute. That's really thoughtful. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, that was like I nice literally like texted. I like found them because I thought they were so cute. And I have a pair too at home and they're so soft. And I like yeah. texted Hania. I was like, yo, what's her shoe size? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, I'm so I feel like I'm on pillows. Wow. Huh? I'm so glad. Thank you so much. I love you. You're welcome. Look, I'm already standing on cloud nine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they look really comfy. They're so comfortable. I'm going to sleep in them. Yay. All right. All right. Hanya, you want to go next? It oh. says smile on this. That's so cute. Oh. Is there a note with love and a little mystery from Santa Paws? <laughs> Santa? Santa Paws. It is a soft light and humidifier. Can I open it? <laughs> Yo, those are so like good. Honestly, I feel like packaging tells yeah. me all I need to know, and the packaging really? is really cute. Okay, so it's me. <laughs> I was a little worried. I didn't know if you'd like the cactus, but I was thinking about since you were kind of yeah. relocating, right? So something easy to move, but also you're always you know working so hard at your desk. I was just I thought that. something nice to calm you. Oh, oh wow! I read your mind. I love this. <laughs> no, but like something to keep you. It's I it think does, it lights up as well. So, and it's gonna. It's a nice little diffuser Thank at your desk you. when you're working. I love so that. That's calm. so thoughtful. And plugging the drip. A little softy. It's also good if you put it by it. like your bedside while you're sleeping. You should put the yeah. humidifier like right next I'll to you. I'll take it everywhere. I have no problem with that. Oh, I hope it works. <laughs> I'm putting like it, it to the test already. <laughs> I want Como to go next. Okay. Okay, so I opened mine when I was downstairs because I didn't know that it was my secret Santa. <laughs> so I know it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Look, I kind of did the same thing. I wasn't sure who, like, what, if I ordered yeah, it or not. Yeah, yeah. No, that was so funny because when I opened We all waited. When I opened it, I was like, I never ordered this one. This looks so interesting. And then I saw the note. It says, 
from your secret Santa. That's so funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's from your secret Santa. And it's Soul Centicles Day Glow oh. Vitamin C. Oh, my God. It's a K-Beauty Vitamin C brand. I know who oh, gave it. Who could it be? It's Yeah. I feel like it's Sarah. Yeah. So when I saw this, I was like, it's gonna be Sarah. I know it's Sarah. <laughs> I was like a dead giveaway. I was like, it's me. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to yeah. try it. I yeah, it has like all five star reviews. And I just remember like, well, first off, we always talk about skincare. Mm-hmm. So that's why I I got that. And then I know you like K-Beauty. So then I was like, oh, this product is perfect because not only is it a vitamin C serum, but it's also like hydrating. So it'll hydrate your skin and also treat it. You know, it's legit because like the bottle it comes in is like dark, which is what vitamin C is supposed to like be in like a dark bottle. Yeah. And it's with Mm -hmm. ferulic acid. I love this. Yeah, Thank and you. I know that you like vitamin C, so I was like, okay, I think we'll be good That's with this one, cool. especially because it's hydrating. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love it. Of Last course. but not least, Yay. offering. Ooh, I have two packages with my name on it. So are there two? Yeah. <laughs> For real? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <just> wanted- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this was a trick. I actually wanted to not guess at all. I mean, I wasn't going to guess, but. Okay, okay, okay. So, oh my god, these look really soft and what is cute. It? Okay, so they're fuzzy socks. Oh. They're really long fuzzy socks. I'm gonna. Oh. Go ahead. So there are five socks equaling five of us, and each of them have like different spirit animals, like pandas. I tried to find one that had a hedgehog oh. and all that stuff. So I just thought whenever you're wearing them, you can think of us. That thing one had a cat. The <laughs> I didn't, they had spirit animals. There were five, but I'm just like, there's five of us. You can always think of the us. Bhalu? That's the so Bhalu? Cute. Who's the bear? <laughs> I tried. I was trying I'm to find something with the hedgehog. I hope the hedgehog's in there. If not, I'm sad because they're supposed to be. It's a panda. That's for you. That's who we're For anyone listening, because you are listening, <laughs> but I'm just putting them on myself. Like they're a, it's a turtleneck or something. No one is. So there's no hedgehog? That's me. Oh, wait, but there are two bags. Like yeah. 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 I'm going to open this one now. Ooh. Oh my god. This is so cute. I don't know what this is yet. It's a mask with oh, Luna on top. Oh my god. So for for those of you who are listening, it's a Luna mask. This is Huria's message to me. Happy holidays to one of my dearest friends. I love you so much and can't wait to create many more memories together. Thank you for an amazing childhood. Love always, Huria. That's cute. And that... That's cute. Concludes our break, my friend. Oh, that was adorable. So now that we're back from our very heartwarming break where we exchanged gifts and expressed how much we love each other, Sarah is still sniffing her candle. Let's get into our next topic. So we're going to talk about the impacts on us with the way we celebrate Christmas and long-term impacts for the future. As you all know, and how we've been talking about, Christmas really has become a worldwide holiday in the sense that it's celebrated by people that don't even practice Christianity. You know, it's a cultural aspect at this point. Everywhere around the world, people have just taken it all in. I can definitely say I'm one of those people. 
And, you know, everyone always talks about how the holidays are the happiest time of year, which they can be. It doesn't matter where you live. This time of year, you'll see twinkling lights everywhere you go, trees erected, not only in households, but in every public area, everywhere you go. The seasonal drinks at Starbucks, which is a personal favorite. Yeah, fall drinks too, which are pretty great. Gotta give a shout out. There's also plaid and flannel everywhere, which usually I don't really care for, but I just love those little touches of the holiday. And a lot of people also do. There's also a sense of giving during this time of year. Shelters and soup kitchens see their highest level of engagement when it comes to volunteering. And people are just more inclined to do better for others during this time of year, which is a great thing, of course. But interestingly enough, there is a dark side to Christmas as well, which we've kind of covered in its history. Nowadays, it's not only just about the giving or the selflessness, it's or the concept of it being, you know, the most wonderful time of year. Unfortunately, it can be overshadowed by greed, selfishness, and a downright disregard for other people. We've seen it firsthand at Black Friday, people shoving into each other and they just want to get the best yeah. deal. And personally, I've seen it this year, for example, we have this craze with the PS5. You can't find it anywhere. People are lining up, getting multiple and selling it for twice the profit. And these are things that happen now, especially this time of year. I came across a New York Post article that stated that in the last 12 years, 11 people have actually died from Black Friday violence in the US. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you always hear about someone being injured and stuff, but the fact that people are dying literally in person and it's just 11 too many deaths. It just seems like it could be completely avoidable um, if people weren't so, I feel like passion is too soft of a word. They're just too aggressive. It, it just feel like it's ultimately kind of what you're saying. We are, people start to lose the real, the real meaning of, of it, Christmas. right? Yeah. yeah. And like we said earlier, it's essentially the commercialization of the holiday that's become so popular, which has brought out the worst in people to an extent. Black Friday became the term because retailers would go from being in the red to being into the black that day, meaning that they would make a lot of money that day. So they're definitely taking advantage of that. And it's no longer just about the holiday that we're celebrating. It's the fact that people are waiting around to get the best deals and keep those things for themselves. They're not even giving them out to other people. And it's funny because now we have things like mall santas like we said earlier we have christmas cards there's a yule log burning on the tv all day but it's not just the commercialization of christmas time and the holiday season that's really the problem there's also the topic of seasonal depression christmas affects people's mental health and that's no surprise but it's not something that's really widely talked about but with the rise in mental health awareness i think it's important to note that people can be lonely this time of year if they don't have anyone to celebrate it with and each year about five percent of the adults in the united states experience seasonal affective disorder sad for short which is a type of depression during seasonal patterns especially during the fall and winter months when there are fewer hours of sunlight i think a lot of us can get seasonal depression at this time of year it's just you're not getting as much vitamin d naturally and it's just bad to happen right i think i get sadder around this time of the year as well because especially when i used to commute to work because i'd leave in in darkness and then i'd come home in darkness so i missed all the sunlight and i can't even imagine how people must be feeling who are alone during the holiday season because of covid Poly depression and sad are two distinct mental health conditions that are real during this time of year. 
and we are going to be seeing it more than ever. As we get closer to the holidays, many people wonder if this will be the year we will see symptoms worsen as we are dealing with COVID-19. And with the flu, the shorter days, it's like a combination more than ever. And people experiencing symptoms of depression in the U.S. have already increased by more than three times. So from 8.5% to 27.8% of the population since mid-April. And this is all because of COVID. I mean, if you think about it, we've all been cooped up in our homes since March. So going on for this long, it's been almost, it's been about nine months. And it's the time of year where you want to be for the most part with your family and you can't. So exactly. You're, you were in a pandemic where that's limiting social interaction and people are already dealing with a lot of anxiety. I personally know a few people during this time that even have lost jobs, unfortunately, and that's another burden that's going throughout all this. So it's one thing after another that's literally leading up to depression just rising and it needs to be more talked about or spoken about to spread that awareness. There's a psychiatrist that goes by the name Julian Lagoy who pointed out that the combination of COVID, the winter season, and the seasonal affective disorder It's never happened in human history, and things will be much harder for people with SAD this year. There's going to actually be a higher risk for depression since the pandemic is making it more stressful, lonely, and depressing for everyone as it already is. And I'm not even sure if you guys are aware of this, but it's actually more common in women than it is in men, too. So we already have the struggles of everything else going on in the world, then on top of that, we have to deal with this, and... There will be instances due to current circumstances that people will develop sad if they've never even, you know, had it before due to all the shortcomings that we have. And I think, like I mentioned before, now is more the time than ever to spread awareness. So it's kind of like talking about it. We should also let people know that if you're feeling down and everything, there are hotlines, there are things that you can do to, you know, ask for yeah. help. And guidance. And I think that's 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 a reason why we are so lucky, us having each other too. It makes a huge difference being able to have that kind of um, experience. Yeah, I know that um, a few places are actually doing like meal drop-offs, like they were doing it during Thanksgiving, and I'm sure they'll be doing it again for Christmas. That'd be really cool. What do you mean by meal drop-offs? There were a few people who made like meals in bulk and then they dropped them off to anybody who was in the area and messaged them saying that they were going to be alone and oh, needed so a Thanksgiving nice. meal. See, that goes back to, you know, it's it's all doom and gloom, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's what we make of it, you know, like we we can let all these factors take over us or we can find that balance and make it still – a heartwarming holiday. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you on that. But I'm about to take you back down. I feel like she has some I'm bad about to news. take you down a depression road one more time. So I wholeheartedly agree with you in that sense. You know, that takes us back to the good of the world and everything. But I do want to point out that during the Christmas season, there is a lot of, aside from, you know, us having to deal with seasonal depression and issues of commercialization and people being super greedy. It's not just humans, right? It's the environment. During the Christmas season, which is such a small portion of the year, we as as a nation eat 80% more food than during the rest of the year. 
Three. That's why January 1st, you'll see my butt at the gym. But anyways, <laughs> the downside to this, though, is that we're producing excess waste and pollution to the point where we're binging 230,000 tons of food during the Christmas period, which is nuts, guys. Yes. And it's not just food. It's excess wrapping paper, which is super wasteful as well. In 2016, we threw away no less than 227,000 miles of wrapping paper. Miles. What's wrong with that? That's enough to wrap the entire island of Jersey. Additionally, if we placed all of our Christmas cards along with one another, they would stretch around the world 500 times. It doesn't end there. There's more. Artificial trees have a carbon footprint equivalent to around 40 kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions, and the main material in artificial trees is plastic, so they contribute to the plastic pollution problem around the world. Artificial trees are non-biodegradable, They are sent to a landfill or are incinerated, which again has a terrible impact on the environment via emissions. So that's just pretty awful all around. We're obviously much more wasteful. And us as a group, we probably don't contribute to that waste that much because we don't celebrate this holiday. But, you know, thinking about how much shopping we might do and stuff like that, we might, we we kind of do in a way. So we're not completely in either. I was going to say, because I mean, I shop Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And I don't celebrate Christmas, but I still like, you know, we did a gift exchange, even if we don't necessarily celebrate the holiday. So I think one takeaway is that sustainability is rising in popularity. So we should, I think we should dump on the train more so than we might already have. You know, some people don't wrap their gifts the way that you used to, which produces a lot of waste typically. So yay, that's a good thing. It's a win for those of you that do that. A lot of people also use real Christmas trees as well, which are biodegradable. There's also sustainable decorations and, you know, we should definitely take advantage of those. Um, so there are good people in Absolutely. the world. There's always good people in the world. To, but sometimes there's not enough, so we still have to do our part. Christmas is also typically the largest economic stimulus for many nations around the world because sales increase dramatically in almost all retail areas. So it's good for them. And the United States retail industry generated over three trillion U.S. dollars during the holidays in 2013. That's a lot. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad that we're spending that much money, to be honest, but it is it is what it is. Wow. So then... It really brings us to the question, like, what about the future? Are we going to become too commercialized? I think it's just Christmas will always become more commercialized. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, A Bad Mom's Christmas on Netflix. Mila Kunis was like, I don't want to have like an over-the-top Christmas. Like, I just want to celebrate very low-key. And her mom was like, no, you need to give your kids the proper Christmas. And so she like literally goes broke trying to get her kids like the perfect decor the perfect like entertainment like they have to see the bougiest nutcracker play and stuff and it's like are these things really what christmas is if it's not really making your family happy because again like even though we have all this commercialization of christmas the main intent behind it is to strengthen your familial and other just relationships right right? absolutely i agree 100 percent And I think what really is happening is that people are becoming greedy and materialistic. That's the word I was looking for. An- not like extra. It's it's very much yeah. materialistic now. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. To each their own. I'm fully, you know, work hard, play hard. But there's still there should be a limit. Like all that effort that we're putting into this, we should we can we can definitely put it into something else. Yeah. 
one last thing I, I know a few of my coworkers from yesteryears have been shifting to like no presents christmas they just don't give each other like family or their extended family presents just they'll donate That's on their lovely. behalf which i think is a Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's slowly shifting. Maybe not everyone's going to do that, obviously, but right. it's it's something that's being practiced. So you know, there's some future. In the, there's some good to look in the future. Yeah, I mean, you can't really blame people altogether because the the market isn't really helping us either, right? Because they're adding all these holidays. Like, can you like we just got Small Business Saturday? Like, can you imagine how many more holidays they're going to? Add? I mean, this one's good because you're helping your local economy. Like, uh, yeah, that's really course, helping. Of, of course, Small Business Saturday, like it's it has a good intention. But I'm just saying that it's an example of a further incentive to commercialize the holiday. Well, I want to kind of come a little full circle this because I know we went down a kind of dark path over here but I just want to reiterate that there definitely is the side of the holiday season which is super wrapped up in you know Black Friday sales commercialization people being sad and those things are definitely there and they're real and they're valid but I hope that we can kind of see past the the negative implications and try to make the most of it. And remember that at the end of the day, it's not only celebrated as a part of religion, just speaks to that so much. It's not only about these things, it's the culture is what makes Christmas so important and the values hold the same weight. And this will most likely stay the same throughout history. 100%. So with that being said, knowing what we know now, is Christmas really the most wonderful time of the year? Yes! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's what you make of it, right? I feel like, you know, Christmas for me, after going and doing all the research that I did about its origins and, you know, how we're discussing how it shifted towards modern times and kind of like the impact it has on us. I think what it's appealing is that you don't necessarily have to be a Christian to really get into the holiday spirit and be appreciative. I I agree. I think, I mean, it is the most wonderful time of the year for people who are celebrating and have a positive mindset towards the holiday. And even if you're not celebrating, I think there is something about the season overall that just makes everybody like in a good mood. I think it's just important to remember, like how I've said before, just the balance of your family, of the sentimental values. And if you want to associate the religious values with Christmas, remembering those too without getting too lost in the commercialization because at the end of the day like what are things without the people you love behind them nothing that's cute that's deep i like that i think what about you so i think it is i mean there's so many things that are being celebrated across the world too like i think i want to kind of elaborate how much joy and love it this this time brings for everyone so in that view i definitely think so but like for for i also say no because there are other holidays that i celebrate that give me the same joy what about you honey well duh (laughs) i mean i've expressed it pretty openly during this episode i just feel like i mean it it does go back to what como said too though It, it it's what you make of it you know they're Seasonal depression is definitely a thing. And whether I'm having a bad day or something like that, if I sit down and Hottest puts on the TV and Home Alone is just playing, I will immediately be in a better mood just because it's just a feel-good movie and it goes back to those 
you know, values. And I just love that. And it's, it's one of those things where you can't put really words to it. It just, you just feel lighter and happier. And it's, it's those small things that can bring you out of literal darkness that is outside right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we all definitely have a consensus here because I agree with you guys also. I do believe it is the most wonderful (laughs) time of the year. Only if we let it. Let's stop, you know, commercializing. Let's stop. You know, if you see someone alone, just reach out to them saying, hey, do you want to come over? Just give them a call, whatever the case is. Let's go go back to the simpler times of it all. Christmas was supposed to, it was created to remind people of the simpler days of when they used to be in a town or a village, you know. So just to conclude, I really hope you guys enjoyed this topic and were able to learn a whole new bunch of things regarding Christmas, the origin, and kind of where it is today, and hope you are able to get a better insight of whether or not it really was the most wonderful time of the year. And let us know what you guys think. Like, answer our question. Do you guys think that this is the most wonderful time of the year? want to know. Yeah, what do you guys Uh, think? We'd love to read your comments. For sure. We will release these on a monthly basis, so stay tuned for the next episode. See ya!